on this bitch. Uh. I never saw myself in last place for over a second. I break the digits and with that the number here is my leverage. I'm a god, you're a king. See me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Taco Talks podcast. I'm your host, Taco. I'm joined by my co-host, Zach Shelby. Why going? don't you tell the people what kind of shirt you're wearing? Because you can never figure out how to answer, hey, how's it going? What do you mean? I just said, how's it going? No, I was going to ask you, what's going on? Why don't you tell people what's up? And you always start off by saying, you know, every time you ask me that, I don't know how to respond. So now I'm asking you I a said that to like simple, in like one episode. <laughs> simple black and white. <laughs> what kind of shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing a black salt crew shirt. Salty crew. Salty crew shirt. Jeez. Yeah. That's how you know he doesn't wear salty crew that often. Number one, because I've never seen you wear salty crew ever. Yeah. Um, you know, a particular person actually got me this, and I don't know why I'm still wearing it. So, oh, that was, a, yeah. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. You just made things awkward between us. Nah. Okay. Nah. What, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't even know where this episode's going. So, today's going to be a little bit different. Today's actually going to be our first phone interview, uh, simply because one of our friends, one of our buddies from high school, Derek Morreale, uh, needed to be uh, on a podcast. I needed to do a podcast. He needed to do a podcast for a project. And the subject he wants to talk about actually is something of interest, I think, for us and for this podcast. I think it's along the line of what we talk about usually. So uh, I want to give him a call. It's and, not Halo, unfortunately. Is that a fortunate thing? Or is that? <laughs> Oh man, there's nothing better than riding around on a skateboard listening to finish the fight, blasting through the headphones. Wow. All right, so we're 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 calling him up right now. We we could have probably had him on deck beforehand, but you know what? It's cool. So in the meantime, why don't we uh, pull that away from the phone? I mean, from the mic when he picks up. Oh. Yo. Yeah, you just picked up. Hey, Derek, what's going on, my guy? Hi there. Oh, how's it shit, going? That quality's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of loud. Okay. Uh, so tell us, you have AirPods. What's up with that? Man, you know how it be with, uh, you know, cores and shit. I mean, what's up with that? Damn. Thanks. I think he just took his California money uh, out of state. and He was like, wow, I could buy anything I want out here because it's actually fucking cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized, hey, I can actually live now. Um, right. So that's what I did. You could live in California before. You just pick a nice cozy street, uh, find a nice tree, uh, get a couple cardboard boxes from your local grocery store, and you're set, dude. You have a 250k oh, yeah, condo absolutely. right there. Here you go. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if you if you go to Carlsbad, you can consider that beach property. Oh yeah, hundred percent. One point five million dollars for oh, yeah, a dude. tree and a couple Easy. pieces of cardboard. Exactly. Right. Uh, before we get into it, it's been a while since you and I have talked. Actually, to be fair, we've like never talked since high school. So why don't you just give yeah, the people a quick recap of like where you're at, uh, what you're up to, what's your major? All right. Well, right now I'm currently a student at Texas Tech University. Um, currently, I am an undergraduate engineering student, um, studying to be a petroleum engineer, mm. which is actually one of the reasons why I left California, because mm-hmm. petroleum engineering doesn't really exist unless you go to some somewhere like Stanford, but. I don't have $60,000 to spend on college. Yes. So I came here. They gave me in-state tuition and 6500 a year, basically making it cheaper than anywhere else. That's pretty in good. The state that I could go to. So That's pretty good. It's great. And uh, this is just my own curiosity peaking. Uh, how, how are your concerns with job market and stuff as we start to, uh, you know, look for alternative fuel, fuel sources? Like what's, 
what's the game plan? What's the pipeline for you, so to speak, 20, 30 years? What's the uh, outlook? Right, right. So that's actually a huge thing that people ask me anytime I mention that, you know, I, I oh, petroleum, oh, that's going to be going away, right? Not as much as you'd expect. Petroleum is so hugely used all over the globe. There's there's country powerhouses in the Middle East that they're not going to switch over to all electric anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, and even the U.S., yes, we may switch over to it, but so far there's nothing as sustainable and reliable as petroleum yeah and uh, something to keep in mind petroleum is not just oil mm. it's also plastics um and one of the things with petroleum engineers is we don't deal with just you know oh my mine dig for oil blah 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 it's a lot more to do with it it's petro- a lot of times petroleum engineers find more efficient ways mm. we find cleaner ways that's one of the biggest things that people kind of don't realize it's still petroleum engineers that find ways to dig for oil in cleaner safer ways mm-hmm. um you know we're not going to have some electrical engineer come out oh i, I thought of this way to make oil better and then Damn. oh good for you or some computer scientist isn't going to figure out a more efficient way um, to save the environment yeah. so you know, it's, it's going to be a petroleum engineers yeah. shots so, fired at all my uh, ee and cs guys out there <laughs> right my my computer <laughs> programming skills are, are crying in the corner so <laughs> right no that's cool yeah yeah I, I understand what you're saying it's more it would be more appropriate to call it like an energy engineer versus yeah, yeah. petroleum yeah and i was actually gonna say i actually uh, read up on this article that i believe it's exxon mobile right now they're searching for an alternative fuel source through algae. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you been hearing anything yes. about that? How, what's that like? Yeah, so um, I, I haven't heard much. You know, being an undergraduate student, you know, the companies aren't really coming to you yet. Um, until, well into your later years is when they start coming to you, you know, junior, senior year, when you're really involved with the program. Um, right now, I'm just in general courses. You know, I haven't even – I haven't taken a single petroleum class yet. I'm just in, you know, mm-hmm. chemistry – Cal one intro to engineering. It's those classes that I'm in. Um, now, while I do have an internship lined up for the summer, it's not it's not with a big company like um, Exxon. However, um, I have heard about Exxon uh, getting into that, and it's it's a huge thing. It's huge because oh, yeah. Exxon going into that shows you that petroleum engineers can do more than just oil, because that's exactly what it is. It's, petroleum engineers that they have that are doing the research this isn't some new engineer that engineering field that they're making up they're using their petroleum engineers to do that right yeah I, i've heard a little bit about what you're talking about so to give some more background uh exxon has like a whole like r&d uh, alternative fuels mm-hmm. uh, branch and they've been working yeah. on it for years i remember hearing about it a couple times throughout my life uh and basically it sort of works under the same concept as like uh, like a biodiesel or biofuels yeah uh and i i might be mistaken uh, but they use the algae in some process to uh, produce ethanol, uh, which is uh, like an oh, alternative wow. fuel source. Yeah. And they're like, look, if we can find a way to do this at like a bigger scale and like more cheaper and stuff like that, like keep finding ways to make the uh, the use of it more efficient, then it can definitely be a viable uh, alternative fuel source. Uh, yeah. We can talk about that stuff for a long time because I know about oh, that. Yeah. There's nuclear, I think it's fission or nuclear, no, nuclear fusion, fusion, which is a, a possible alternative fuel source that physicists are working on. But that's not what the topic for today is. Uh, Derek, why don't you tell us what is the topic? All right. Well, the topic for today, ladies and gentlemen, is about how exposure to politics 
can affect your path to self-betterment and what it can do to your mental health. Right-o. That's worded so, a lot better than how Zach described it beforehand when Zach was like, yeah, it's like politics and morality. But that's Well, okay. I was only giving you yeah, a sort of like a two-second like two-second run, Yeah, rundown. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, business and econ majors do. You know, get right to the point, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. There you go. At least one guy can comment with me. Yeah. He's, the, he's the only one who's going to be like laughing at your jokes. So you better own it up while you fucking can, dude. Get it all out. <laughs> you know, you're, you're probably right on that one. I'm not even going to argue against that. All right. So how does exposure to politics affect one's mental health and path to development? Uh, it was funny. We covered something similarly like this uh, in PoliSci today, actually. So I'm taking a, like a 100-level undergrad basic G political science because I need to to check off that requirement because some shit there i thought i took care of it and then i got into my upper division they're like well actually your ap score only counts towards one class u.s history or political science you can't do it for both so i was like all right fine uh and we're talking surprise give us more money yeah yeah Yeah, pretty much take another class spend some more time (laughs) um and we were talking about like how the media so not exactly politics but more so how the media uh there's one of the benefits is that there's sources out there everywhere available to everybody, but that's also a detriment because it you know reduces things like regulation and um, and oversight and what's credible and what's not because any well-made blog, any you know pretty-looking blog, mm-hmm. anybody can make it with a few hours worth of time, maybe a few weeks worth of uh, reading. Uh, so I can make a very beautiful blog, but nobody would know that I'm some 20-year-old kid who doesn't know what I'm talking about. And over here, I'm writing about whatever the Iranian missile crisis. You know, yeah, or whatever Armenian genocide or something. Uh, so I think how politics uh, affects. I think it, honestly, it's important to be like just aware. You know, kind of know what's going on. Uh, and I think from an outsider's point of view, it, it depends on how involved you get. There's too many people who uh, become absolutely obsessed. And I get it. You know, politics is everywhere, and you know you should be knowledgeable of what's going on in your country, in your government, in your yeah. local community. But then there is a certain line where once you sort of go into like that, that tribal mentality when it comes to politics, which we've seen in especially a lot more prevalent in the last few years, uh, then it becomes detrimental to you, to everybody around you, to mm-hmm. society as a whole. Because traditionally, politics should be discussing policies and uh, making decisions and talking about current affairs. Yeah, it should be something of intelligent. Manner. And uh, dignity, like you yeah. were saying. Um, you do see it a lot, actually, uh, in, in just in modern politics. It just seems like there's so much of a media influence. And what's sad is, like, these, you know, it's larger uh, media companies and corporations are having this sort of effect on uh, a younger demographic or uh, less... Privilege. I don't know what's wrong with me today. We're gonna cut like this. Part nah, right nah, that's close, close, close. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think yeah. To, uh, to kind of pick up what you're trying to put down, uh, a lot of well, at the end of the day, media is one thing and one thing only: making money. Money, making money. Yeah. And how do you make money? Right. Is controversy. Uh, yeah, spicy news stories, baby, and exactly. driving viewership up. And we've learned and that in being, recent years. Being the first. Mm-hmm. Being the first is so huge right now. Everything. Every everyone just wants to be the first. Yeah, to something. And 
I mean, I'm sure somebody could tell me like, no, like media has always been this fear mongering thing, but I feel like, and maybe this is just cause I'm a kid. I mean, I was a kid like a year, t some time ago, uh, in recent years, the sort of the formula for driving views has changed. So it used to be sort of who's the most accurate. Yeah. Uh, but you know, now it's, and who's the most reliable now it's, you know, who can just rile up the most. Yeah. You have CNN who's riling up all the Democrats and you have Fox news who's riling up all the Republicans. And then you got the 80% of the regular Americans who are just stuck in the middle. Like, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do I get my news? Yeah. That seems to be the sort of demographic, uh, in the United States recently. I mean, it's, it seems like, uh, how things were back during when Nixon was running for president when he declared his, uh, he wanted the silent majority. That's what he he called it. And I feel I feel as though that sort of demographic has returned because it seems so much like one side is too extreme, the other side is equally extreme, just on the other side of the spectrum. And either way you go, you're gonna be doing or thinking some things that are morally questionable i th i think you know on yeah. on either side you go on because i mean in in the american muslim community i'll say this our politics we see more in like a conservative standpoint but it's interesting because every time we listen to conservative speakers anytime the subject of islam is brought up we're alienated. But at, at, at the same time, on the other side, on the liberal side, they declare that they're in support of the Muslim community, community, the American Muslim community, and this and that, yet they also agree with things that, you know, religiously, we're not necessarily f up for. So... There's this alienation on for entire groups and entire communities, I feel, in the United States. That being just one example. So, I mean, for more, in morality sense and politics sense, it's kind of difficult to, to find where you stand. Like, you, you really, these days, you can't really just say, oh, I'm Republican, I vote Republican, or oh, I vote de Democratic, oh, I vote Libertarian, oh, Independent. You know, because now there's just certain things associated with each one of them. You say you're conservative or you say you're Republican, you're automatically assumed to be like a racist Nazi, a racist skinhead. Nazi skinhead, you exactly. know, uh, and then on the on the same side, you know, you say you're a liberal Democrat. Oh, you're a baby killing, like. Uh, Anti-white, socialist, communist, yeah. Russian, Soviet piece of like human waste. <laughs> Jeez, you know, you went in a little bit harder on the Democrats, chief. Yeah. Uh, I think each side has meddled with Russia, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think to kind of clear clear up a little bit of what Zach was trying to say earlier, uh, in like the sort of Middle Eastern Muslim community, there's a lot of there's uh, social conservatism. Mm -hmm. uh, but fiscally uh, liberalism, because a lot yeah. of uh, people, a lot of Middle Easterners, a lot of immigrants, uh, traditionally speaking, first generations or those who came here uh, and were born somewhere else, Immigrated. typically do uh, 
tend to struggle financially, at least in the first few years of their lives. Mm -hmm. Some get out of it, most don't. Uh, so there is a sense of fiscal uh, democratism or liberalism yeah. where you know we do appreciate things like government aid and utilize uh, things to help us out. And I think to sort of, again, uh, clarify or uh, put my own twist on what Zach was trying to say is that we find ourselves in this situation where we don't exactly fit in with one group and we don't exactly fit in with the other. Exactly. And it creates this divide where because both the groups see it as a negative, I guess to kind of recap or to wrap it around to what There's the main topic should be. There's a negative somewhere. Like for the conservatives, like I said, it's just our religion. Like the whole their viewpoints on everything else, you know, in terms well, of like finance and social and this and that. We stand by it too, but then as soon as they bring up our religion, there's just something else. And I, then again, like on the liberal side, it's like the negative part of it is okay, yes, they support us, but it seems as though like they also support things that we can't support. You see well, what I, I mean? I think wording it like that paints it in a negative light. Uh, they support the, uh, the fiscally uh, liberalism, which is where we're at. But where the disconnect comes is they're more socially liberal uh, than traditional Middle Eastern Muslims are. I am pretty socially liberal myself. Uh, I have, but I'm fiscally conservative, so I'm kind of a weird coin yeah. toss. Uh, I would say and to sort of get back on track, how that would affect things like uh, mental health and personal uh, development is you sort of, there's a feeling of being uh, public enemy number one. And sort of being yeah. stuck, and mm -hmm. you're in the situation where you're like, "Geez, like, where do I fit into uh, society?" And we've been seeing it now with, uh, for decades and for years, there was like sort of no representation for us. And now that we do have it, with a few uh, Muslim um, politicians whose names are escaping me right now, uh, just the amount of flack they get, and not for their policies, just the amount of shit that gets thrown their way, mm -hmm. just for being Muslim, just for being, you know, hijabis. Or, you know, for their Whatever faith. Whatever it may be, yeah. Uh, they get a lot of, you know, shit for that and a lot of slander and libel. And that creates just more animosity amongst the community. Mm -hmm. uh, Not just for the Muslim community. I think for, for every, every community. For a lot of people, yeah. The yeah. Republicans hate them even more. And then the liberals and Democrats, uh, I should take, I retract what I said, liberals. Uh, the Democrats hate the Republicans even more because they are, they are Democratic, uh, part of the Democratic Party. So they're like, yo, like, why are you going after our people like that? Like, why don't you focus on their actual policies and yeah. not attack them personally? Yeah. But to be fair, that's that's all I've seen in politics is just personal attacks. And nobody yeah. cares about what their actual policy is. Everyone's just like, well, what's the new shit I can get on them? Yeah. I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to let Derek speak. So for me personally, I think the way politics and the way politics is being treated right now, I feel as though as... It's just very stressful. I mean, in terms of mental health, I feel like it causes a lot of stress in a lot of people's lives. It, you know, doesn't matter what sort of uh, age demographic, racial demographic you you end up in. I, I feel like it's it's just very stressful because of how extremist it is. I feel as though if you want to take politics uh, and you want to learn more about politics, you know, good on you. But I think the best way just to serve your for your mental health uh, and all that is to take it in more of an open-minded sort of standpoint. See both sides uh, 
and see both sides in from people who aren't yelling and screaming, you know, not the squeaky wheels, people who are moderate and people who are cool-headed and calm-minded, you know. I think that's the best way to see it uh, because when you I mean, when you study any sort of policy or any sort of philosophy that backs policy or, w or whatever it may be, you know, there's positives and negatives, there's pros and cons. You can't just say this is all good and this is all bad. It all depends. And the best way to do it, uh, the best way to learn is to learn in a open-minded, moderate sort of feel to it. What do you think yeah. about that, Derek? Definitely. Well, I think that today's politics have shifted so much so towards just slandering the other side as much as you can and making the other sides seem worse than the other. It creates this feeling of having to choose a side. Um, and I think that affects people a lot because you're giving them the choice of what bad they want to be a part of. Um, now, I, there are certain people that truly believe that their side is all good and there's no bad in that. And that's fine, you know. Um, people have their opinions and whatever helps them, helps them. But I think the vast majority of people in today's politics are being forced to choose a side and where they don't really have to. They can mm -hmm. be in the middle. But because of what the media does, what um, politicians are doing, it just it creates a, just a vacuum effect almost to the point where people are getting sucked into bad things. And, you know, me personally, I, I've stopped following many news sources because I'm so sick and tired of just seeing it constantly every day. Something bad about someone from whether it was yesterday to freaking 20 years ago when times were very different. Um, it's not something that I enjoyed. And me personally, it, I felt like it was, it, it would bring down my day when I would see it because, you know, I would start to slip into that because they, they try to bring out the anger in you because the anger is what makes you, it's your, it's your passion. It's what's going to get you to, to vote, to be vocal about it. Um, and I started to realize like this anger, it just, it's not worth it. Like what, what is this for? Uh, most, most things in politics Yes, they have some effect to the world, but me personally, the only things that any of these policies are really going to affect is what my paycheck looks like when I have a job. Um, <laughs> that's what it pretty much boils down to: is how much tax, how much is going to be taxed out, and what I'm going to get when I retire. That's, in my opinion, what it really boils down to. Um, you know, obviously, me being me being a white male. Um, a, a cisgendered white privileged male as, <laughs> as a certain side would like to call it and would like to make me feel um, you know it, it, it does ring some truth to an extent I, I haven't struggled that much um, my parents provided a lot for me uh, we have a nice house granted we have a very hard time affording other things because they chose a nice roof to put over me and my sister's head um but regardless, the things that the media loves to put out and what these politicians love to put out about each other, it's simply just what it feels like to me is just to make people angry. Um, and like you see that in some news programs, like Fox will have their uh, – I'll just use Fox News as an example. They'll have their regular programming, which is like a bit of local news, some national news, whatever. And then they'll go to these <coughs> – 
like like uh, opinion editorials. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sean Hannity. I don't even know these guys' names. Yeah. Um, and they're just angry people, and all like all like all it is is opinion. Um, you know, obviously they might cite a source or two. Um, but they're going to blow it just completely out of proportion to get their point across. Um, and they do a good job. I mean, we, I'm sure we've all been there. We've seen something from one of these um, uh, opinion anchors with their own show on Fox or whatever. And they, send, they say something, and at, at first thought, you're like, hey, that makes sense. That makes me pretty angry. But then, you know, the second you, you actually read into it, you realize, well, that's not actually true. Um, and I think that's a piece that's really missing right now today is people aren't doing their research on what they hear, and so they'll stay angry. This anger doesn't leave, and that will affect that affects someone's mind a lot. Um, yeah, everything. Staying angry and staying stressed. It's just, you know, I, I have enough stress uh, worrying about how I'm going to pay for college. I don't need to stress about what some seventy-year-old white dude just said on Twitter. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, and you know, you brought up a good uh a good example when you were saying uh you mentioned something like, you know, it's only really taken up to face value. You only see what's right. on TV, but as soon as you actually start reading into whatever it may be, the story that they're talking about or the policy they're talking about or whatever it may be, you realize, well, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah, read the whole paragraph instead of the one sentence. Exactly. Uh, both sides are super guilty of it. I feel mm-hmm. like the reason to that, though, honestly, is because, as you said, you know, every, you know, you are a freshman in college, stressed out about your classes and right. how you're going to be able to pay off the rest of your tuition, uh, so on and so forth. You know, the thing is. We, we mentioned this several times in this podcast, you know, T- Taco and I and you, obviously, are just like everyone else. You know, we're not, like, special. We're not, like, oh, we're rich and we're trying to inspire. We're, we're on the road to our futures, just like everyone yeah. else listening to this. You know, we're on the right. same level. So, with that being said... It seems as though that these companies, the, the larger, like the media companies, even even like social media companies, they take advantage of that. As of right now, it seems like we live in a very stressful time. I mean, with the demand in the job market, you know, you have to have a bachelor's degree to get a job as a store manager these days or a bartender, right. you know. It's crazy. Like, like basic blue-collar work is in demand for higher education, you know? So a lot of people out there are very stressed about that and are very busy in their lives. They don't have the time, like, I feel as though that they used to where you can just sit down and read a newspaper or go to the library and grab a book and read about whatever it may be, whatever subject may be up. Even though exactly. it, it's it's interesting because back then they had the time, but not the resources. But these days we have the resources, but not the time. You know, we have the internet. We can go to, at any time, we can just pull out our phones or we could pull out our computers and just search 
whatever whatever is on your mind, you know. You know, you just how big are blue whales? You can just Google search that. Just pretty just big. like that. Dummy you know. thick, bro. <laughs> pretty big. Pretty dummy thick. Um, but... <laughs> They're pretty big, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, the thing about it is everybody is just on this, at least in the United States. I'm, I'm spe- specifically talking in the United States and any developed country, mo- like mostly Western countries. It's like this. Everybody is way too busy in their time to be thinking about this kind of thing. And so I feel as though that this has been exploited because nobody has the time to actually look into it. So they put their trust in these people that they sound like they they know what they're talking about. And as soon as, you know, they start saying things, they're... These pe- people who are working nine to five jobs every single day or going to school and going to work, work two jobs, three jobs, whatever it is, you know, they take advantage of that, I feel as though. And yeah. that's how they're able to easily manipulate the masses because these days, I mean, the average of people who are educated is way higher than it used to be. So how is it that so many people can be still so easily manipulated to extremism? And I feel as though this is this is sort of my theory is because because of that, you know, the amount of stress and busyness that everybody endures in their daily lives is so much to the point where they can't just validate or fact check what these people are saying. So they take it with face value. And I feel like that causes a lot of problems in terms of you know personal emotions your passion question of morality and so on and so forth it feels almost like it, it, it almost takes on a bit of I, it, like it's almost like a blinding effect um you know you think you understand it and in reality you probably don't even have the correct story or hmm. you're getting one story mixed up with another um, because like you were saying, we're so focused on, um, you know, other things like being in college, you know, we're all college students. We we're all there right now. We know how stressful it is. Um, and it falls on to their responsibility to tell us, but they're like, you, you can't be sure that they're telling you unless you do your own research and more times than not, unfortunately, when you do your research, you find that it's not correct. Exactly. Um, that there's there was something wrong or that something was blown out of proportion. Um, exactly. And that's a huge trend with it um, right now. Like, almost everything is blown out of proportion in the news today. And it, it gives you a feeling that you're in a worse world than you're actually in. Um, you know, people are... The news... I, I'm just going to throw out an example here with, like, um, with crime and stuff. Crime and police, because it's going both ways right now in the news. With the media being so blown up, um, one one crime can make the entire world feel like a dangerous place. Or one bad one bad instance with the police can make the whole world feel like the authorities are out to get you. Yeah. Um, and it's simply not the case for either way. Um, just to kind of start with with crime with with crime. And when some crime happens, the world is a safer place today than it was 20 years ago. And people, people, are th- people think right now, it's, it's a very big uh, common misconception that the world was safer back then than it is now. 
and that's simply not the case. You know, you, you look up any crime report from the last five years, and they will all say the same thing that cr- that crime rate has dropped immensely since back then. But with the news being such a huge part of our lives, you know, it's always see they shove it in your face, down your throat, whatever they need to do to get that reaction out of you. Yeah. It, you know, people people are scared, like, oh, we can't leave our doors open. Um, and, and that's dumb. Uh, I'll tell you, when at my house, we left our door open almost every day. Um, and nothing bad happened, you know. We weren't in, like, we're not in the greatest of neighborhoods. We're in a very general middle-class neighborhood. Um, you know, it's not super wealthy. It's not gated. Um, you know, my neighbors up the street got robbed before, you know. It, like, crime happens in that neighborhood specifically. Um, I've seen it firsthand, but it's still, it still doesn't change that. It's very uncommon. Um, and then the other side with, uh, police, you know, there's so many cases to name that you can bring up that the news made it seem like it was like such a horrible, horrible thing that happened. But then, you know, the investigation ensues, you know, the officers investigated, they literally have body camera that shows um, what, exactly what happened, but that comes out after the news reports. The news reports are already out saying, oh, God, it was so bad, it was racist or whatever. Um, and then it'll come out, and the officer was in the right, you know. Um, and that's not to downplay that there are bad police, because there are. Of course. Um, I mean... I mean, they're human beings as well. I mean, yes, just like human everyone else. Make mistakes. Exactly. Um, you know, if some, if you know, a, a very common scenario that I like to tell people when they're bad mouthing police is, all right, you're in a situation. There's somebody standing in front of you that is statistically has a higher chance of harming you or killing you, preventing you to go home to your family. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're, you're going to act differently because you're a human. Um, the vast majority of police officers have families, um, you know, my dad included. Um, I want him to come home at the end of the day. Exactly. He wants to come home at the end of the day. Um, it, there has to be a point where you have to realize that the officer's life has to be taken under his priority. Like, there's a certain threshold where his life has to be the priority, um, no. And it's a very high pressure job. Yes. I mean, a yes, high pressure, insane. high stress job. I mean, especially police officers who they patrol in the um, in the more like gang affiliated or absolutely. You know, it doesn't even have to be. I, I was gonna say lower income, but it doesn't even have to be a lower income area. I mean, if if there's if, no. if, if there are criminals, there are criminals. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what demographic they come from. They could be black, white, Muslim. Christian, gay, no, straight, no. doesn't matter. I mean, people are people. People are. Yes. Well, you're laughing at. I'm, no, that, no, no. I'm laughing but... at like the idea of like a like a gay bank robber. <laughs> Put the money in the bag, bitch. Give me all your money. Chanel, let's go. <laughs> Courtney, grab that guy's phone. Put the money in the bag. Anyways, we just kind of alienated like half of the people. Yeah, um, we're pro- we should pro- we should probably uh, we should probably cut this. I've been sitting in a little bit of silence right now, just doing a little bit of research and listening to what you guys have said. And uh, I'm I'm gonna just quick quick tap back on the old stuff, Derek. I love that you mentioned that uh, you don't like watching the news because uh, the uh, whole negativity. 
Uh, see, your boy's kind of a hippie now these days, so I'm, I'm all about good vibes, good chakras. And I, I, I'm a believer of, like, you know, if you surround yourself with positivity and positive thoughts, good things happen. And if you don't, negative things happen. And Absolutely. that's why I'm clearly off Facebook now because I'm like, dude, it just got tiring. I would spend two hours scrolling, and I would do it because I want to see what my friends and family mm. are up to. Yeah. Right. But guess what? 99.9% of the time, they're all just resharing whatever political it's news political video article. or exactly. videos of bombings in Syria and Afghanistan and like just, you know, genocide and videos Show of people being burned alive. And I'm like, dude, like, what? I know, cool, yeah, raise awareness. But I'm like, dude, like, I don't want to see that stuff. Like, that's just, like, why? I mean, as cruel as it sounds, it's and, like, how is that helping in any way? Yeah. You know? And that's another thing. Um, God, you mentioned something else. The uh, editorials with the talk shows. Honestly, I can't remember the last time the news sat down and just talked straight facts. Uh, mm, and that was right. a complaint I've had for years where I'm like, dude, they say one fact and then spend the next hour telling you how you should but, feel about it. Yeah, uh, if you guys, their opinion on it. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, like, don't tell me how I, what, what you think. Just keep just putting down the facts. If you're looking for a good factual show, uh, 1A with Joshua Johnson on NPR is a pretty good news outlet. He's very stern. He has a nice voice. Um and it's very, you know, unopinionated. And they do bring on uh, experts in that field, and they'll discuss it. And then, Zach, you mentioned how everybody's super stressed. I know, I know. I'm kind of like, damn, like, sorry, you've been sitting for a while. I'm like, yeah, well, I was just kind of thinking about it. Yeah. Also waiting for my time to jump in. Uh, but you, you two boys, had a good, it was a good combo. It was a good combo. Yeah, um, well, we are doing this for Derek, yeah, yeah. so I wanted to get him to, you know. No, no, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, talk about how stressed and busy we are yeah you know anxiety to we hear it all the time anxiety depression at all-time highs everyone's too busy to even sit down and do any research uh the amount of times there's those guys outside of target or costco hey do you want to sign this petition uh, i always just go hey no thanks, no, thanks. Uh, i don't know yeah. enough about it uh which is true because 99 percent of the time it's something that doesn't need to happen or has already happened and for some reason they're telling you oh we're signing a petition to you know put in place this law or whatever and mm -hmm. that law yeah. already exists. And I can't remember the specific example, but my teacher, she mentioned it. She was like, oh, the other day some guy came up to me and started asking about some, uh, uh, if I want to sign a petition for some like zoning, like home laws or some, uh, some tax law or something. And she was like, well, I would, but like we already have a law in place for that, like decades ago. And yeah. the guy was just like, uh, no, 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 but this is like this. And anyway, so people just don't know enough. And especially my big thing is when people start talking about taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, how long do you think the U.S. tax code is? It's, um, I can tell you right now, my mom does taxes. It is ungodly long. 6,550 pages is how long the United States mm -hmm. tax code is. And it changes each year. Each year they enact a new tax plan. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, yep. to simplify it down to three sentences saying taxes are getting higher for the rich, or taxes are getting lower for the rich and they're getting higher for the poor or whatever and be like, oh, here's the new tax brackets. I mean, sure, most people don't need to know all the intricacies. Yeah. Every little tiny I mean, detail. Yeah. But still, I'm like, dude, like that's a lot of information mm -hmm. and I was like, we just don't know enough about it to make an opinion. Yeah, and even when you study things like this, like in, in, uh, in finance or accounting and even economics because you talk about the philosophy of uh, economics or the philosophy of taxation in economics and how it affects the economy uh I mean, just the concepts of it. They try to simplify it where it's like, they, these are the different systems, mm -hmm. and this is how it affects the economy. Yeah. But this is just theory. This is yeah. nowhere near application. Yeah. 
once you once go you into application, it's a, a completely different, different ball game. Exactly. Because you have to exactly. There's so many variables. There's you. It's not just you know a plus b equals c. It's like a x one two three four five six eight nine. 24, 35, yeah, 30, like exactly. so many different like variables and so much you have well, to consider so many you have to put in, yeah. you know, what about this group? What about this demographic? How, what about people who aren't citizens? Yeah. People who are citizens, but they make too much. What about tourists? What about the economy on like petroleum? It's, what about this? The point that, is, it's a like, million different things. So and it's much. It's a case by case, it is almost. So much. It is case by case. Right. And, and it's to keep the ball variable. kind of uh, moving forward, uh, Derek, you're talking about uh, how everybody thinks the world's a more dangerous place. I did look it up. Yes, statistically, crime has been decreasing rapidly since the 90s. Yes. Uh, and the reason why there's this sort of general sense of, oh my God, I have to lock every single door and like just fear all over. Is, is just the availability to information. As soon as anything mm-hmm. happens, there's 100,000 phones on it, and it's blowing up everywhere. Yeah, it's there. And everyone thinks, oh, shit, this is what's going on. I'm like, dude, I don't remember hearing about any of that. Like, as a kid, like, you don't hear about it. I mean, when you're younger and the le- there's less social media and mm-hmm. news spreads less quickly, Yeah. Uh, right. you know, that fear is kind of not there. Yeah. And then to address the police thing, uh, one thing to the, not to their credit, but sort of one thing to take into account was uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment, which for anybody not familiar with it, Basically, in the 70s, uh, the Stanford, uh, one uh, psychology professor held an experiment for a week, and he split up his class into two groups, prisoners and prison guards. And he sim- built like a fake little like prison cell and everything, uh, you know, hallways. And they were like, oh, so like, how are we supposed to act and treat each other? He was like, just do whatever feels natural. And he just observed, didn't do anything. The first day, they were kind of like, okay. Uh, second day... They're just kind of figuring things out and kind of everybody's kind of getting into their roles. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the experiment, uh, he had documented and there's a pictures and videos and there's a movie about it, too. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it's going to be good. Uh, where basically the prison guards had gotten so obsessed with having that power where they were literally they were abusing their classmates. But they didn't even like see it as that because they became yes. so blinded by the role of being the prison guard and having that power mm-hmm. they were f- literally physically abusing the prisoners that's really and those are people that they're going to class with and yeah. the po- purpose of the experiment was to show that if you get anybody in a position of power and sort of kind of give them a little bit of freedom uh there is a very good chance that it will get to their heads yeah i mean so i don't yeah. yes i think for anybody who's like oh my god the police are satan i'm like well to be fair you're in that position, it can sometimes, I mean, sure, they shouldn't have the awareness to know better, but nobody's perfect. And yeah, you are going to have a few select people who are going to let it get to their heads. We yeah. see it all the time when there's the cop, you know, who blows past you at 90 miles an hour. Guess what? I, I don't care. I just slot him behind him and use him as a sort of escort. <laughs> Everybody starts moving out the way and slowing down. I'm like, come on, me and you, baby, let's go. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's he going to do? Slow down and then pull me over? I'm like, dude, I was just following you. I, wasn't, I didn't pass yeah. you. Uh, right. But we I, see it. Mm-hmm. A really important thing uh, to kind of take into account with the uh, Stanford Prison Experiment is, yeah, absolutely, that feeling of power, like, it, there's no, there's nothing can compare to the feeling of power, mm-hmm. you know, there's no drug that's going to, that's going to make you feel powerful. Yeah, because um, that feeling subsides. Drugs will subside. Right. Yeah. Right. But, 
Yeah. You know, police have so many rules in place to prevent mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, it's in, it's insane. You know, I did uh, I did the Criminal Justice Academy uh, back in high school with Mr. Settle. I did both years, went through all of it, learned all of it. I mean, the regulations are just insane, um, especially now with body cameras. You know, everything is recorded mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. The San Diego Sheriff's Department, every officer has a body camera now. I mean, it happened within a year. The entire department mm-hmm. um, had body cameras. Um, and like, and even with media, you know, the officers are so micromanaged now. Um, oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, um, like, and it, a, a really common thing that is shown in the media and that gets the public really riled up um, and is another one of those anger kind of fear things is that officers don't get a lot of punishment. You know, they're put on like leave or whatever, oh, yeah. um, or, Oh, they're written up in actuality. When those things happen, that's a huge deal for those things that happen in a department, even though they're not fired <clears throat> because they made a mistake or they were in a threatening situation and they may have acted, you know, too dead, too deadly or whatever. A lot of times those end firing by the way, but, mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when an officer gets written up or put on leave, what that does for his career is almost, you know, detrimental. He's never going to get promoted, uh, like ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and if he's a ranking officer, he's probably being demoted to just a regular officer. Um, you know, his pay is never going to increase. He probably, he probably just fell down to the starting salary. He's no longer making enough to support his family. He's Um, probably better off leaving the service altogether at that point. Yes. Yes, leaving and, and trying to find a job where his name's not going to be put out so that he'll still be hired yeah. because, you know, any anywhere where his name's going to be out there, a company's not going to want him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's essentially he, blacklisted. Yes, even if he was in the right, like, you know, even after the, um, uh, the investigation comes out and says, hey, he was actually okay, like, like um, you know, the guy, the guy that he shot was literally on top of him attacking him. He was okay. The, the witnesses lied. No, he's still like yeah. damage he, is he's done. He's still done for, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. done for. Yeah, yeah, and people don't really put that into account, even though this happens in other, uh, in other. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Countries, uh, no, job fields, job fields. Yeah, yeah. I in, think because hmm. I'll I'll use this example. I mean, in the in 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 banking specifically, because I'm in banking, you know, something like this usually happens. Like something big happens. Let's say. Um, you know, let's say if somebody comes in with a check and they wanted to cash the check, but that check ended up being a fraudulent check and it was for a big amount, automatic fire. Like, you're, you're going to get fired yep. for that, no doubt. But there was also, you know, when that happens, or if, let's say, you're selling uh, a product without a sense of morale, like you're, you're basically cheating your customers... So there are some, depending on the severity of it, some will get written up and they will never be able to go further up than where they are in their position. And others, when they get fired, they're put on a list of people that cannot be hired again by yeah. any federally insured bank. There, There's no way. You're not going to be able to, like, sorry, champ. Yeah, you got to look for a different um, field. And then to sort of uh, talk about with police and whatnot, I think where the disconnect happens 
first off, cognitive dissonance is a big. We talked about it in the last last weeks. Yeah. Uh, how people just never make connections, uh, whether it's oh well, you know, they we saw with like Wells Fargo's bank like fucked up big time, or some. Yeah. Or they Equifax automatically up big assume. Time the intrinsic value instead yeah. of seeing the and possible justifiable outcomes yeah right. if for the case with police i think people put them on a, a, a different type of pedestal mm-hmm. where it's like oh like they're exp- the general argument is oh well if they're supposed to protect us and they're doing this then how can we ever feel safe i'm like well a that, that was one guy or whatever it was one situation we don't know the whole story uh and b they're human just like us mistakes happen sure their mistakes are more severe Mm-hmm. in certain scenarios uh but to expect them to perform perfectly a like robocop every single time is unrealistic and see uh i don't think people realize the effect that the animosity towards police have on police themselves i used to work in a grocery store and one of the things i used to do is i'd ask people like how they're you know like, what's the best part of your day been and on a weekday at 5 p.m everyone's always saying I just got off of work and i always ask them what do you do for work and I remember there was two in particular that always stood out to me because uh, there was sometimes come in occasionally and it was something I'd never even thought of. It's like one of those things like you don't really know it or experience it until, you know, you hear it firsthand. And the one guy, both of them, on two different occasions, there were two gentlemen. They were like, oh, well, uh, we don't talk about our jobs. One guy was like by himself and then like a few months later, some other guy came in. I was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I don't really talk about my job. Or I said, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't talk about my work. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was a little confused because I'm like, you know, usually everyone kind of talks about it. Like, and yeah. now I got curious. I was like, what does this guy do? Yeah, like, like, some people like, have a sense of pride in what they do. Yeah, I was like, what does he do that he doesn't talk about his work? And then uh, yeah. as he's grabbing his groceries, he uh, opens his wallet and he flashes his ID at me. And uh, he was uh, uh, San Marcos uh, Sheriff's Department. I see. And then the other guy also, uh, a few months later, I was like, oh, you know, uh, you find everything all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's been the best part of your day? I was like, oh, I just got off work. I was like, oh, that's cool. What do you do? And he's like, oh, I don't talk about my work that much. He's like, I don't talk about it, you know, in public. Did he do the same thing? Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was standing there, and he made like a little, like, uh, like a sort of a stadium dome with his hand so he can cover his ID from other sides. So you could only see it if it was facing directly towards you. Mm-hmm. So he opened up his wallet, and he just kind of sh- quickly showed me his ID, uh, and he was part of the sheriff's department also. So then I was like, damn, like, whether or not those guys were undercover at that time or... But no, even if they were, they wouldn't tell some fucking gr- yeah, grocery no, store. No, no, uh, they wouldn't tell some cashier at Sprouts. Oh, by the way, I'm on a big time operation. No, just the, the. I was like, damn, like, I didn't think about it like that. Like these guys, honestly, don't share details about their job for fear of their lives. Because if it gets in the wrong hands, then that's yes. that's that's that. horrible. Yeah. That's yeah, dangerous that's, for them and their families and yeah. their friends. And I was gonna say, you know, another thing to add on to what you're saying is nobody really considers the amount of pressure that these officers i mean officers firefighters uh any person military personnel first first responders these jobs are so highly intensely pressured because one day you clock out and you may or you one day you'll clock in and you might never clock out you know because you clocked out in life son and yeah, I, you know, like to, uh, my dad that we lived, we lived with that every day. Yeah, um, like you, you run know. the risk working these jobs. You do run the risk of never coming back. But the thing yes. is, it's not like uh, it's not like in a in a blue collar job like a construction worker where yes, there is that you know pr- uh, that that well, might happen. 
You know, same with banks. You know, you might get robbed. But the thing about these guys is... They're putting themselves they're intentionally putting the, in They're putting intentionally that into that scenario, number one. And number two, the cause is 90% most likely going to be another person taking their lives. Mm-hmm. One and way or another. They're going to go towards that, always. Exactly. They'll, they'll never go the uh, opposite and way. To sort um, of keep keep it on track with uh, what we've been talking about. Again, like that just, uh, that's uh, the whole mental health aspect. Like the media's gotten to the right. point where they've uh, made the people who let's say you've been a cop for 15 years mm-hmm. 15 years ago i don't think we kind of gave a shit about what like we didn't know about like whether yeah. a cop would make a mistake five so if old. you joined 15 years ago with the goal of i want to help the community and i want to you know be a positive role model for everybody around me and make the place the world a better place safer place and now here you are 15 years in your career and it's gone to the point where everybody used to kind of smile at you and they'd see you cruising around and people would sort of be like you know nice to you now that same community looks at you and you're like oh fuck like here he comes around again yeah and yeah i one of my uncles uh his wife's cousin is a, a lapd uh lapd officer 10 years experience why not and he was telling us just different stories and stuff and he was like it's funny he's like every fourth of july like the neighborhood always brings out like their own little fireworks and firecrackers and where they live in orange county it's uh, illegal He's like, so every time I pull around the corner, he's like, I see everybody grabbing their stuff and uh, like running into the houses and everything. Yeah. And like hiding. He's like, and I pull up to the house and I, I can see them kind of like scurrying around and like the windows peeking out like, okay, like what's this cop doing here? Did somebody call the cops that were using fireworks? He's like, but as soon as I go uh, over to our house where we have our bench, he's like, and I sit down, I grab a plate and I grab some food and whatnot. They realize, oh, okay, this guy's cool. He's like, and they all just come running back out with their yeah. fireworks and shit. Uh, but it's just... You know, the, the media is portrayed, they're, they're basically, the goal of the media is just to create as many public enemies as they possibly can, mm-hmm. so that they have a, a, an endless well of money to go back to. Exactly. Whenever it's like, oh, a cop messed up again? Oh, bank on that shit, bank on that shit, bro. Yeah, like, what, what's, the, what's the most absurd uh, article we can come up with? There you go. Uh, and, and nobody yeah. really takes into the consideration of the details yeah. of anything. Because yeah. as soon as you hear it... <clears throat> And the weird part is, think about how many cops are in this country, like, working. And then, let's say, in January, you hear about an Oklahoma officer who, you know, mistakenly shot somebody. Then, in February, you hear about a New York officer. Then, in March, you hear about a, uh, a Wyoming officer. Then, an Alaska state trooper the next month. And then, finally, in April, you hear about, like, um, a California, uh, a California CHP, California Highway Patrol, messing up and shooting somebody. And... Because it's it makes they crunch the timeline and they make everything seem so. Oh my God, cops just running around killing everybody. Yeah, and I'm like, well, no, no, no. You have to realize, I'm like, the woman's in Oklahoma. Like there were also unconnected, so far, such rare anomalous events that happened uh, that these the statistically like it's I mean, so crime unlikely. Happens every single day. Yeah. So for to and make we a, don't hear about all the to know, make the, a the statement like that is just ridiculous. Yeah. You know? It's like crime happens every single day. All of this kind of stuff happen every single day. You know, global acts yeah. of terrorism happens and every single day. I think it's it's more you common know. to hear, oh, uh, 16 officers, oh, so far for this month, let's say, so far in November, 16 officers have wrongfully killed uh, innocent civilians, for example. But then I'm like, well, yeah, but we're also not count- taking into account the other 160 of- 160,000 officers who have saved someone's life, who have stopped some crime, who have 
maybe you know stop the right criminals or something like that. Like, yeah, domestic it's, it's violence. It's easier to uh, focus on the very few that messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, the one guy. It's a magnifying glass effect. Yeah, one you know? person messes yeah. up in one police department. <laughs> The whole damn department gets sta- like yeah. tainted. Like if the if the NYPD, which they've had their own, uh, you know, negative experiences, we hear about it all the time. There was the one with uh, the guy. Damn, I can't. It was years ago, so I can't remember his name. But uh, there was a video of him basically being choked out, and you could hear him audibly being like, "Oh, uh, you know, I can't breathe," and he ended up dying in the process. And you know, the, the officers were found guilty in that situation, but that at the end of the day, I was like, that's like four or five cops. And the NYPD is a massive organization, and now NYPD the entire is the police organization. Yeah, and the entire organization now has basically Such everyone being rap, like, "Oh, yeah. fuck the yeah. NYPD," because four or five guys. And to put that into perspective, for anybody who works a job, who works a job for an international corporation, imagine if three of your coworkers, um, I'll use you, Zach, as an example. You work for a bank. I'm not going to name the name, but you work for a bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a, It's a national bank, I believe, right? No, it's a... Wait. It's a national bank, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess I have locations Sorry. all over yeah, the United yeah, States. Yeah, nationwide, yeah. Let's say one of the branches up in L.A., three guys get, you know, whatever, in trouble for fraud, uh, embezzlement, uh, stealing money from customers, whatever. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, every customer that comes into your guys' branch is looking at you and being like, you're... A piece of trash. You're gonna steal you're my thief. money. You're gonna too. steal my gonna, money yeah. too. And you're like, dude, I'm completely unreal. Like that was, those are three guys. Those are anomalies. Yeah, yeah. Like, this and is here's, a big organization. And here's the kicker. Here's the thing, though. Like, I mean, things like that happen all the time. You mm-hmm. know, fraud happens all the time. People get fired all the time. This and that all the time, right? You know, when you work for a company, you get internal business news all the time. You uh-huh. see all this stuff, like, oh, this happened here, this happened there, whatever, this and that. Here's the kicker, though. As soon as it gets onto national media, like big corporation media, that's when the company is under the radar. Because, I mean, fraud happens all the time. Robberies happen all the time. You know, theft within the company happens all the time. Whatever company it is. I'm not just saying banks specifically. I'm saying just in general. Like, Mm. this kind of stuff happens all the time. But for companies like Wells Fargo, when the, or AT and T or whatever, mm-hmm. you know the companies that were basically um, in the news recently for whatever it may be, people don't realize that that happens all the time. Yeah. In every sort of fe- job yeah. field. And I think you know? it doesn't make it okay, but it's just like hey, it doesn't it make it. Oh no, to, of course uh, bring not. In like few... we should not have yeah. this happening. Obviously, we should not. To bring in but... a few of my own examples. I'll let you continue, but. Are you done, so? Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just okay. stop it here, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, we're going to try to wrap it back. I mean, when we say politics, at this point, we're talking about just general discussions and general, uh, discourse yeah. and whatnot. Within so not specifically like spectrum. government, but um, Facebook, for example. They had their political trials. Mm-hmm. They were under you know, a microscope by Congress for months, and everyone saw Zuck on C-SPAN leaning into a microphone with 150 different cameras. And, and first off, we all saw the pics of him. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he looks like such an alien. He looks so guilty, this and that. And I, and I saw a picture, and it was a picture not taken of him, but from a distance of what he was facing. And every, and the caption on it was, uh, the next time you wonder why Zuckerberg looks like that, realize this is his 
seat. Perspective. And yeah. he's sitting there, and there's honestly like 80, it looks like 100 cameras, photo like photographic cameras like in his face. And he's mm-hmm. also in front of a panel of Congress people who are deciding whether or not his company has committed like the ultimate crime and yeah. if he's going to be held responsible. So I'm like, he's under a lot of pressure. And now it's created this sort of sense of, oh my God, you know, Facebook is selling your data to the Russians so that they can nuke it, like whatever. And I'm like, dude, well, here's the thing. And, and that, that trial was very difficult to watch for any person who understands a little bit about technology because you yeah. can see how out of touch the Congress people are, mm-hmm. uh, which also has an effect uh, to go to the political thing. I'm like, you have these kind of old, these old guys who are so out of touch and we're in this modern era where things are moving a thousand times a, a, a millisecond. And when it comes to situations like, okay, well, did they illegally, you know, utilize data? I can't remember the details of it, but like did Facebook uh, commit a crime by selling people data or by collecting data in a certain way? And they were so, they couldn't even formulate proper questions. And it was funny to watch Zuckerberg like try to correct them while still being very respectful. Yeah. He'd be like, uh, uh, Congressman, that actually doesn't work like that or whatever. Oh, well, Congressman, the way that this works is actually like this. Uh, and it was just funny to watch. And now we're seeing it happen with uh, Google. It's not on like big national news, but in like sort of the tech space, there's been a few like propagandist articles coming out. I don't know if propagandist is a word, but I'm Propaganda. making propagandist like the ad- like an adjective. Anyways, I'm making up a word um, <laughs> uh, about Google about Google uh, collecting health data on people, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Google's doing this! Like that's violating." I'm like, "Well." Read the actual article and like look into the details. Google is contracted by a company called uh, Accenture, I think, and they are a healthcare company who are storing their data on Google's public cloud servers. Yeah, there is nothing illegal going on here. Google is yeah. offering that they're just buying a product from Google. Google just so happens to be the vendor. Yeah, they're not collecting data. They're not selling patient data. They're not doing anything illegal. Mm-hmm. They just have a storage site, and somebody's utilizing that storage service. And 100% that they're probably, you know, uh, only using or following HIPAA compliance. And HIPAA is patient privacy uh, regulations and whatnot. So all these articles on, you know, in the in the tech space or on the, on the internet talking about Google's collecting uh, patient health data on people. Uh, what are they up to? You know, I'm like, yeah. well, they're not collecting it. Somebody's saying, hey, you offer a cloud. Ser- we're just buying the cloud service. It's no different from your iTunes, your iCloud. Yeah, that's like that's like taking a picture, uploading it to iCloud, and then being like, Apple is stealing my photos. I'm like, no, you're just you're just no. using like, the. They're just using the cloud. They just system. exist. They're existing yeah. Yeah. as their own and yeah. doing what they're doing. Yeah, a lot of companies have been moving towards the cloud. Whether yeah. they're choosing Apple or not Apple, excuse me. Whether uh, they're using Google, Google or Amazon, Amazon Microsoft. Yeah, whatever. Amazon has a AWS system yeah. that basically has been sweeping, you know, larger corporations. Yeah. By I'm not going to get into the tech thing. I'm like, look, yeah. I'm about to be like, well, Azure is on the come up. All right, we don't need to get into the, the actual details. But the point is, it's just again the uh, the agenda that these uh, media publications are trying to push is getting clicks and making money mm-hmm. and one of the first comments i saw was somebody they quoted the thing they're like well cuz the title on it was uh, google collecting patient data 
or Google is harboring, whatever. The wording was very malicious. Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, well, if you read the whole article, you'll quickly realize that Google is not actually involved at all. Uh, they're just providing cloud storage to a company who's buying it from them. It's just a regular business transaction. Nothing shady is going on here. And even if there are any Google employees sort of overseeing the transfer of data from uh, the client company to Google's servers, the information would be kept amongst that small team following HIPAA compliance. Like, there's nothing wrong. They're, they're doing everything by the book. Yeah, exactly. So it's just uh, everyone's so dead set on uh, building a – or not building. Everyone's so dead set on painting a picture that yeah. gets clicks and likes. And we see it with – I'm not really going to get into YouTube, but clickbait, y'all. It's clickbait. We live in an era – damn. That was pro- – what a profound epiphany I just we had. We live in a society. We live <laughs> – <laughs> Gamers rise up. No, um, it's it's it so sad. Clickbait has gone beyond social media, quote unquote, influencers. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everything's clickbait. It's all yeah, yeah. just trying to make money and it's piss just, people it's off. It's just so sad though, because I mean, they'll take. You know, you're saying with YouTube, they'll take you know small uh, media influencers. You know, they. All they did was they were just following their passion. They were making stuff that they liked. And they said, hey, how about we? you sign this piece of paper and you could make a million dollars by the end of the year. All you got to do is A, B, and C. And then they completely lose touch with the entire basis of what they were doing. You know, <laughs> YouTube in particular had turned into from a little like a, a creative base for any kind of creative, you know, whether it was your thing was art, literature, cars, technology, entertainment, uh, video games, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I think we are we're kind of going down a whole different route. So yeah. let's, let's pull so it back. We're gonna actually we're gonna wrap up. Uh, why don't we check in with uh, Derek? How are you? What are, what are your opinions on all this so far? I mean, it it, it kind of all boils down to that. You know, uh, you, you know, it, it it's kind of everything is kind of geared towards getting a reaction because that's what's going to get clicks, that's what's going to get views, and etc. Right. Um, you know, and everybody's guilty of it at some point, falling onto that you know reaction of like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's gonna that's gonna affect how we feel in life. You know, people who start their more start their morning with news, yeah, that's definitely important you should i i i will be the first to tell you you should know what is you should at least know a little bit of what's going on in the world Mm. um and and even your community but i mean the second it gets into politics it it turns angry almost it turns like Mm. it turns into name calling against the other side and and that's that's where it starts to affect you um personally and mentally Mm. um you know but it, that's not to say that being disconnected is going to make you feel any better because yeah. I mean uh, when you're disconnected you're not you're going to feel disconnected you know mm-hmm. um, so you kind of have to find a balance with it almost you yeah. have to know like how much you need to know versus what you really need to not know because mm-hmm. it's just trying to get a reaction um, and it, I think that anger that it causes is pretty detrimental. Um, you know, like you're saying, you're not on Facebook anymore. 
I'm sure you feel great. I'm uh, like, I'm sure there's stress that you don't have anymore. Um, and it's the same with me, you know, I followed news companies for a while, you know, I thought, Oh wow. Getting, being involved in the world is awesome. Um, and as things progressed, I realized this is not everything. This is not what I need in my life, especially right now. Um, and after unfollowing a lot of them, you know, it kind of it is really sticking to only moderate mm-hmm. uh, sources. I feel better, you know. I still yeah. feel informed. I know what's happening, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel angry when I read it. Mm. Um, you know, my mind's a little clearer. I feel like I can make, um, I feel like I can make better decisions surrounding politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, he said this freaking 20 years ago. He's not fit. Like, well, let's look back at it. That was a different time. Uh, you know, things, obviously there's things that should never be said, but kind of take it with a grain of salt. Look at what the other side's saying. Um, and I think that's what people lack. And I, I also feel like when you don't look at the other side, you're disconnect. You, you immediately disconnect yourself from the other side. Um, and you're limiting yourself from connecting with people. You know, Mm -hmm. you start to look at, you start to look at people, the human beings that are, are simply having an opinion. Um, as evil people like how dare they who do they think they are um and you know you might feel good like oh yeah i'm in the right but that's another human being on the Mm -hmm. other side of what you're saying um and you know to be on the receiving side of that it's not fun you know if, if you even think about it even administering that isn't fun um so I think that people should be involved in politics. I think they need to kind of chill out. <laughs> I, th- I think they need to relax. I think they need to look at like, you know, only look at a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to read something, read it from both sides. You know, if yeah. you see something on Fox that's like, oh my God, chances are CNN has the exact same thing, but completely different. Yeah. So go, go read that one too. And once you read both articles, you the middle is going to be right. Whatever is dead center in between of those is what's going to be correct. Yeah. And once you start doing that, I think you'll you'll look at people with less um, animosity. You know, you won't be so angry all the time at other people. You'll realize, okay, you, you'll see where they're coming from from the story, and you'll understand. Okay, you know, and and then you can create discourse among, amongst one mm. another. You can talk like human beings. Um, and that's, that feels good talking with another human, like they're a human, um, especially on topics that you have passion for, it feels good. That's a good feeling to have. Yeah. So I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Where Uh, people need to start kind of going back towards the middle where, you know, things were, things have gotten out of hand. Mm-hmm. And I think they will. I think going yeah. back to the middle is where we need to be. I think That's, they will. Yeah, uh, well said. Complete agreeance. Uh, when you mentioned the whole Facebook thing, yeah, I would probably, A, it was just a lot of negativity, and B, because there was so much just crap on there, mm-hmm. it was a waste of my time where Same I would spend two, three hours each morning scrolling, reading all this stuff, and it would all just be negative. 
And it took a little bit of time to find sort of curated outlets that I trusted and what, that I kind of was like, okay, I believe in this or I, I agree right. with that. Uh, so now, honestly, I'll probably spend about 30 or 40 minutes in the morning just kind of quickly reading news articles about stuff that's relevant to me. Uh, so anything related to tech or finance or stocks or whatever, economy. Uh, not crazy stuff about, like, I don't know enough about war. And then uh, once you start talking about uh, politics, yeah, it could it's too easy to sort of fall into the tribal mentality and alienate yourself from your whatever people you're close to. And, you know, you said it's not a very good feeling. And it's just that has an effect on society as a whole because, I mean, think about it. I can, off the top of my head, come up with a few examples of guys that we all went to high school with that, you know, were in my graduating year that now are getting into arguments with each other about politics on Facebook and like sort of leaving shady comments under each other's posts. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like, dude, like we were all like buddy, like we're all close, you know, we all did football together. Sure. You know, maybe we weren't like the closest, but it wasn't that bad. But now behind the anonymity and the protection of the internet, um, Guy, guy A, you know, so-and-so, John Doe, uh, can say, can put his opinion on there. And it's a little bit loaded and a little bit uh, extreme one way. But then all of a sudden you got guy B who's commenting on there the complete opposite. And was like, oh, wow, really, you know, for someone, you know, I didn't expect anything better from someone as dumb as you. And I'm like, dude, like, well, come on. Like, like I, I'm seeing before my own eyes uh, people grow apart and friendships sort of fall apart and ties and bridges being burned as a result of all this and i'm yeah. like dude come on you guys we all have much important stuff to worry about yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i'm in complete <clears throat> agreement with that well uh we need to uh yeah I think start wrapping up all the so time we have i think you that's know, we, about all the time we have for this week's episode and, uh, I, I feel like i've covered uh, everything i would say about something like this mm-hmm. you know we talked about effects on society as a whole and you know how it affects us as human beings and just sort of creates divide amongst people right and you know no and nothing it affects everyone's mental health exactly you know so all right yeah, any more closing uh, any remarks? closing remarks derek i got nothing i feel like i've said all that i need to say about this um i feel pretty good of where we where kind of where we went with it i'm mm-hmm. in agreement with everything so Oh, yeah, man. man. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was definitely a pleasure and having you on. Actually, my all right, I'll let Zach uh, finish up. Uh, yeah. Before you hang up, my closing remark is uh, for anybody listening, I, I will say this. Derek, Zach, and myself, we're all on different political spectrums. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. like Derek, you're a little bit more, I, I assume, more on the conservative side. Zach, you're kind of... Uh, you know, whatever, somewhere in the middle. And I'm a, I'm a little bit in the middle too, but starting to kind of get biased to like the left a little bit. So like we don't, we're not all in, you know, don't think, oh, geez, you got three, these three guys and they're all the same cis male scum, all voting the same way, this and that, like it's a biased podcast. I'm like, no, we all have different beliefs and different ideas, but I think generally we're kind of in that middle bubble. Yeah. Um, yeah, and generally we're going to find agreements with what we have to say. Exactly, yeah. and if we don't, we we you know we're all just agree to agree to disagree. Like sure you know what? Yeah, I understand your side. I'm not going to say go out today and be like, "Damn, you got Derek is an idiot for thinking that." Like, you know, like <laughs> like that's his view, and I can see the I can see the points he made. They're valid. Here's the points I made. Which I disagree are... with mine. Just out of basic whatever. Yeah, human nature. I can't. Narrow it down exactly. You know, nobody knows why electrons move the way they do. They just do. They just do. Yeah. 
Anyways, thank you guys uh, so much for listening. De- Derek, thank you for being on. This is definitely interesting. I think we got to get more people on the podcast. It's yeah, a lot cooler yeah. having uh, definitely another guest yeah, on absolutely. there. Absolutely. I enjoyed being on it. This was, this was a good talk. I yeah, enjoyed that. For sure, man. Uh, best of luck in school, uh, petroleum engineering, uh, you know, finding thank better you, ways to improve the environment. Because, you know, I said you boys kind of a hippie these days. You know, Absolutely, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm doing it for you. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm a proud vegan. So I'm like, dude, we're all oh, about the yeah, environment, right. baby. Last um, episode, we, we did last a whole, episode, thing, we did a whole on thing on veganism, baby. <laughs> Woo! Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But you know what? It's, it's been good. It's been real. Uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon, man. All right. Yes, Peace. absolutely.